I discovered many years ago that Sir Lionel Redvers was the first English knight ever to die at the hands of my cousin, William Wallace of Eldersley, and while the discovery pained me at the time, it also gave me a moment of vengeful satisfaction. I have confessed that sin on many occasions, but it remains within me unforgiven, for I have never really regretted the satisfaction I derived from it. Redvers was an undistinguished knight from the county of Suffolk. I only ever met him once, and briefly, and had immediately dismissed him as a nonentity. But within minutes of our encounter he proved how strange are the ways of God, for even a nonentity may be a catalyst. That headstrong, zealous fool changed every life in Scotland, and plunged the whole of Britain into chaos, because he brought about the deaths of a woman, her small son, and her unborn second child. The woman was in my care at the time, and her name was Mirren Wallace. She was William Wallace's wife, and therefore cousin to me by marriage. My name is Wallace too, and I am a priest, a very old priest. I was born in 1272, which makes me seventy-one years old. Sir William Wallace, guardian of Scotland, was my first cousin, and my dearest boyhood friend. Thirty-eight years ago, on the day he died, he asked me, as his confessor, to bear witness to the manner of his dying, and, to attest to it, should men seek to malign him in times ahead. I swore I would, and that is why I am writing this today, so long afterwards. For nigh on thirty years I had no reason to recall that promise to Will. From being greatly out of favour with his fellow Scots before his death, he was reborn as a hero during King Robert's struggle to unite Scotland, when the Bruce himself chose to adopt the tactics Will had used against the English, turning the land itself as well as its folk to the task of defeating England's plans to usurp our realm. And from the King's open admiration of my cousin's single-minded struggle, a new recognition of Will's worth and integrity grew up in Scotland. I was content. I have no idea when the substance of his recognition began to change, or who set that in motion, and neither have I any doubt that the change continues. It first came to my attention through a chance conversation with an old friend, another priest whom I had not seen for years. His name was Declan, and we had served together as chaplains to Will's outlawed band in Selkirk Forest many years before, when we were both young. Mere chance threw us together again one night about ten years ago, in the abbey at Dunfermline in Fife, where we arrived separately one autumn afternoon on church business. After dinner that night, reminiscing by the dying fire, my old friend unwittingly destroyed my peace of mind. We were speaking, as always, in Latin. This is not unusual among priests, since we learn it as soon as we begin to train for the priesthood, and we often find it useful to adopt the language of the church when conversing privately, particularly if there are others nearby with whom we do not wish to share our thoughts. With Father Declan, though, there was another reason. Declan spoke poorly, even haltingly, in our native tongue, as though he had difficulty finding his words in the common language of everyday life. 